This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Series 8, episode 39. It's a Monday morning of this particular week and... Uh, NFL being played on the Sunday afternoon games. Craig Hutchison, as I say hello to you on this show. Hello, Damo. Far be it for me to give any warmth lessons because we all know that my lack of warmth was one of the reasons that uh, came unstuck on the footy show. But can I just address... You have been warmed, though, over we, the journey. We, we've, we've discussed that regularly. When you open the show, mm-hmm. you've been doing this for eight years. I've been meaning to pull you up on it since about Series 1. Yeah. And I thought this series one, so you waited uh, about five hundred episodes. In the end, always end up, end up getting to something else. So when you open the show, you're a bit like staunch the way you do it. Good to have your company. Like it's a bit like, oh, here we go again. Why don't you just like great to have your company? A bit more like warmth in the not good to have your company. It's a bit. It's a bit monotone. Is it? It's a bit, oh, and it's only good. And you know, I'll get up, I've you know. told you, Hutchie, and you've discovered this yourself without me telling you this. Hosting's not the strongest suit yep. I've got. Yep. I don't know what is, but play, it's not. Play the opener for me again, Zip. Let's see if we can get Damo just to warm up here a bit in the opener. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. So the music upbeat. All right. Three, We're two. about to have a good conversation. I'm going to leave Jane's voice there to annoy the ABC Damo. for 10 years. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, Here we choose go, Damo. to Drinkwise. Grace, have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. <laughs> if you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. It's Monday morning, NFL Sunday, episode 39 of Series 8. Craig Hutchison, good morning. A little bit over the top, Damo, but it's great to be here. Nice to see you, mate. <laughs> Monday morning, I know it doesn't suit everyone. You were complaining that it gets in the way of you watching the Browns it, game this morning. It, I missed the Browns game. But I missed the live part of it anyway. And yeah. it, Monday's not a, a perfect record time to be fair. No, we, we, we've got to stop doing it on Monday. Some so of the issues yeah. take a day or two to bubble, but, yep. we're, but there's a plenty to deal there's with. There's a lot today. on today. There is. There is. I just want to start, though, given we are doing this on a Monday, because uh, not ideal for the standing board as a rule. We, we just do it when your diary allows us to these days particularly, but... I've been told, Hachi, of the past 24 days, you have been on a plane 21 times. Well, that's, I don't think that's... It's, it's enti- a fair bit. I don't think that's entirely... Am uh, my numbers right for starters? Roughly, I would say. Yeah, oh, but no, I, they are. <laughs> 21 out of 24. Damn, I have a job that is across multiple locations, unfortunately, not one. And we are growing a business in... Um, cities that perhaps need my time a bit more than Melbourne does. So, yeah, yeah, I've been on a plane. So, I'm just going to test take you through it. Again, you don't have to uh, confirm or deny whatever it is. But Why is this of interest? It's 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 an intriguing element of your life. It always has been to me. And people I speak to and bump into, they are intrigued by your life. So, if I go back to the Tuesday, October 10th. So, not not that long ago. But this is this encompasses oh, part yeah, of the 24 days. Yesterday. No, you can't. You're in Brisbane on this particular day. You're there for, for most of the week. You then went to Perth on the Friday night to watch a Wildcats game. Then caught a red-eye flight from Perth to Sydney to go to the Everest, which you did report last week. So this is two Saturdays ago. You went to the Everest. Same day, that's having not slept. You slept on the plane, went straight to the – did your radio show, then went to the Everest. That night, you're at a, an event, an awards event in Sydney, the Acras. That was that particular night. Then attended a Wildcats game on the same night, Tuesday of that particular week. Lennox Head, I've had you spotted. Now, Lennox Head's a beautiful coastal town. It's on that road trip I've I've done many times or thereabouts. It is a beautiful part of the world. You're in there for, I've been told, less than 24 hours in Lennox Head. In and out, same day, yeah. Then went to Launceston on the Wednesday after that particular Tuesday for, I think, two days there. Then came back for the Caulfield Cup on Saturday. Went to Adelaide that night for the Wildcats game. Came back to Melbourne 
yesterday, that being Sunday, that, that's just a sample of, of those 21 flights out of the past 24 days. You missed a couple of towns in there, but that's all right. That's, what, what did I miss? No, it's, that's part of the... I had a, had a presentation in Lennox Heads. I had a presentation in Launceston. Had a client speech in Launceston. Had a dinner in Launceston. Uh, yeah, came back for, for a tech dinner on Thursday night in the Botanical Gardens. Yeah, so a little bit on demo, but that's, that's the job. Are you developing your um, armrest technique? Well, people see me coming down the armor stuff. <laughs> there's enough, there's enough soundies on planes. That, but it's interesting who you do see on planes when you travel. I think I told you I've sat near or with Peter Dutton twice in the last six weeks, and your man Tony Abbott with the twenty-six second stare, Mark <laughs> Riley stare. <laughs> yeah. But he hey, just, actually, we might get to him. He's on a payroll of um, Anthony Pratt. I saw last night. Our I, man Winks broke another big story last night oh, on Tony sixty Abbott minutes. Is? Yeah. Oh, really? What was I missed? 60 minutes last night. What was the story? He had a lot of recordings with Anthony Pratt pertaining initially to the relationship with Donald Trump yep. and then other, let's let's go with uh, boastful type of statements that are all on recorded audio really? that, that Winks produced. It was, you'd love it. Yeah, compelling. Secret tape of Anthony Pratt. Secret tape of Anthony Pratt. And, I, and again, I was watching it as I was sort of walking around and I was finishing up dinner and whatnot. So I didn't, I might have to watch it again, but I don't know whether he actually said where the audio was actually from, but... It's clearly Anthony Pratt, and part of it, now part of the presentation on sixty Minutes was that uh, Abbott is getting paid at eight thousand, I think, a month. I think that there's a number attached to it, and another former prime minister, Paul Keating, getting a whole lot more than that, getting three times that amount a month to be on the payroll. What what roles? Well, that's part of the story. It was the link to power that Anthony Pratt's got, and there's a quote there that his power is his money, so to speak, or the inherent yeah. yeah. It, it, you you should go back and watch it because you love all that stuff behind the scenes. And, and Winks and just it. produced another one, and, and it wouldn't even be probably in his top didn't, 30. He didn't open up with that. Well, the mention of Abbott sparked it. I have flagged it on my running sheet okay. here to get to, but that's probably it anyway. But, um, yeah, but obviously Anthony Pratt, when he uh, was linked to Donald Trump, even in the U.S. papers yep. at the time, wasn't he, about a month ago, with uh, supposed secret conversations about the submarines and yep. yeah, the technology around it and well, he, whatnot. He's, he was very influential, obviously, in the Trump world historically. If you go back to you know, some of Trump's key events and you go back right to the time when he was a New Yorker, Donald Trump, they knew each other well. And then I think at the American Australian Association, he turned up Donald Trump to speak because Anthony Pratt arranged it back in the day through Turnbull. And yeah, so that's he's, he's yeah. a very big deal in the States, Anthony Pratt. His place is right there on the edge of Central Park, Fifth Avenue in Central Park. Oh, he lives there, doesn't yep. he? Okay. Yep. So uh, how do we get into that again? Uh, that was a mention of Tony Abbott on a plane. Did you oh, want yeah. to finish that yeah. story? Yeah, what well, was going yeah. nowhere, that story, wasn't yeah. it? So, yeah, I'll get around a bit. That's fair to say, David. You get around yeah, a bit. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> so that was your itinerary. What, I, what I've noticed is, just quickly on airlines, could we get some consistency on the rules of engagement of what you need to put through X-ray security? Because on, if I went through... Say so 20 X-ray securities in the last 24 days, there would be eight or nine different sets of rules depending on what airport you're in. Oh, really? So, so there's state-driven well, protocols. There's, there's different, everyone's at different levels of the scanners versus the walkthroughs versus the belt-on, belt-off versus the laptop oh. in, out. Well, that, the push. laptop's different now, isn't it? The laptop, once upon a time, was always taken out. Always taken out. But I got told last time I flew, which wasn't that long ago, don't bother taking it out. That's my point. There's about 40 50%. I think the scanners don't need the laptop out, but they the, the staff almost abuse you if you don't know, but it's different every time. Laptop's out, and you go, well, I thought it was out. He, no, it's out. Do you know that? And then <laughs> next time you leave the laptop, yeah. take the laptop out. I said, put it back in. And you go, well, yeah. <laughs> then there's, now they've got this sleeve on the trays where 
you got to put on some tr- trays. Yeah. You got to put your things under the sleeve, don't you? Oh. You got to pull the sleeve up, right, and put your things. So your on phone the and keys and belt. So, so you do that, and then all of a sudden, uh, there's, next time there's no sleeve, and then but if there is a sleeve, you didn't see the sleeve. They get into you because you didn't see the sleeve. Now there's a like you take your belt off, and they say you don't need to do that. Uh, put your belt on, and then when you get to the the, the some scanner, they say belt in hand. Like we just need some consistency, Damo. I can deal with the rules if I know the rules, and I'm always busy and under the pump and trying to make a quick assessment on okay, what what airline I'm at today, what airport have, I'm at. Have you developed your techniques too? Because I have travelled with you a few times, mostly overseas, yep. weirdly enough, where you have this extraordinary ability to read the play, and you dodge traffic, you dodge queues, yep. you you get yourself deliberately into the wrong queue, knowing you don't have the status there, but you then act this dumb Australian when you get challenged on it, and you, you don't yep. move. I've, I've seen you do this. You once got out of, uh, I think it was New York, wasn't it? About an hour and a half earlier than I did. And, and we left yep. the same plane. The, the Delhi airport in <laughs> India is my finest every hour. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a two-hour door-to-door. I got through in eight minutes. <laughs> So what was, uh, your, what was your technique you, there? You just got to look for the sprint lanes, and you got to look for the path of least resistance. The sprint lanes, the cutaway. There's always a sprint lane somewhere. There's and this you got to look a bit like you're part of the officials who work in the airline. But then act dumb when you get challenged. You've also got to pick the the poorer defence. So ultimately, what you're really gambling with is someone's post, someone's um, willingness to make you go back. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you're in the wrong lane as long as you don't get sent back and punished for that. So you've got to assess the defense as you come in and go, well, if I got through but that. But you can assist this on the run. You, you, well, you have to. Like, yeah. you, just, you can't go there earlier and draw up a staff plan. You've got to actually make human decisions on the way. There was one line that in question here. It was just like, you have to be like, special person, yeah. a really special VIP to be in this line. And, and I looked up and I was about 150 back in my queue and you were standing with one person in front of you in that line. And I saw you get challenged by a person and you were waving your arms next minute, you're still there, and you went straight through. There's, LAX is a couple of little loopholes that <laughs> I've found over the years because you really got to spend the time on LAX. That's, the, that's almost the, t- that's the best defense in the world, I think. You've got to spend the time on, on, on that and acquire knowledge over time. But I've got a couple of Absolute rippers in LAX gets me through now, which works out well. The other thing is, fundamentally, people don't want you to miss a plane in life. So if you if you ever get to a point where you're absolutely unstuck, you've taken the wrong line, you're about to go through, and someone says to you in the wrong lane, and, and there's a lot of people around you say, I'm, a, I'm about to get a transfer, I'm about to miss a plane. Human empathy often kicks in in those moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm only, I'm only a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, just while we're bouncing topics around here, uh, over your right shoulder, I can see the uh, Kansas City yep. uh, latest game. They're playing the uh, Chargers today, Archie. And as I came into the studio today, I did see uh, just a still shot. Taylor's there again. Taylor Swift is there again. It's extraordinary, this story now. We were onto it day one. We were onto it the day one it broke. Yep. What do you think it looks like? Cast your mind ahead. If Travis Kelsey comes with Taylor to Australia for a month, yep. what does our Daily Mail slash oh, paparazzi world look like? Well, you would have, you're in this space not that long ago. You would have been so Italian. You've been ten, oh, you ten, made me for about two months and you knew, knew I didn't like it. Ten years since we've done this. But um, my mind goes to how does that – if 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 Taylor brings Travis to Australia, which is – it's be off-season-ish by then. Actually, if they don't make the – When uh, is she coming? Right around Super Bowl time. Well, it's not off season for Travis yeah. Kelsey. He's played in four, hasn't he? Yep. In fact, um, how does that? Or well, three. 
I reckon the concerts are back half of Feb. I suspect she's playing Super Bowl weekend in Australia. Can we oh, check that zipper? Well, on he's, the he's probably not going to be here. What does it look like with a party with Taylor? Let's pretend it was yeah. outside of the NFL season. Yeah, and he, I think he, in many people's eyes, in maybe this town, would be bigger if than the, Taylor. If they're still in certain circles, if they're still together, then which we hope <laughs> they are. We hope they are. Have you seen that song going around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he'll be. He'll come to Australia, and that that the shots of them. You think the shots going in and out of the restaurants in the weekend after Super Bowl is the first of the concert? So, wow. Yep. It could be on. He'll he'll be here. Imagine imagine that. Imagine they win the Super Bowl and he, he gets on the plane with Taylor to come to Australia. You think Rebecca Judd gets a hard time going to the supermarket <laughs> in Brighton? Imagine what the the, the paparazzi are going to do to well. He normally Taylor parties it up after the Super Bowl. He, he normally gets on that chant about you've got to fight for your right to party. Yep. He does that in every town he goes yeah. to, and he's usually taken down the the mayors of the towns yeah. that he's beaten on the way through. The jabronis, the jabronis. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But even just um, on his week last week, I just want to raise this today, Hutchie, just in the context of I like this 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 um, conservative outset we've got from everything: the clubs, players, media, industry, of officials, the whole way down. So between his match last week leading into this game, he had two nights in New York City. Now, he plays for the Kansas City team. He had two nights in New York City, which we know of because he was papped everywhere with Taylor Swift. So this is between matches. This is one week between matches. On top of that, so two nights in New York City, then went to Philadelphia because the Phillies are playing in the MLB, the baseball playoffs. Yep. So two nights in New York City, one night in Philly, or at least a day in Philly. and Has and a couple of beers there had, too. Now, there was a beer in Photo, yep. and he's a sponsor. He's an ambassador for Bud Light, yep. the, the one that's in the, the news for the wrong reasons this year. But yep. he had it in shot. Now, whether he actually drank it or not, I don't, I don't know. But we would have lost our minds if this was an AFL player. Lost our minds. Lost our minds totally. Yep. Like the club itself would have. Oh, it's not what we'd stand for, and we would rather he didn't do it. So two nights in New York, no, one day in Philadelphia. Australia. No, he wouldn't have played. Would have yep. stood him down. Yeah, because he's. Yeah, this is the greatest, biggest yep. athlete in the country. Yep. And there's just a much more uh, liberal, mature. Um, and and as I talk about him, he's just taken a reception there off uh, Mahomes again. Yeah. In, in Super Bowl week, the players go out for a couple of beers during the week. Like it's it's such a different culture. Mm. to what we deal with here. And I, I remember when I first moved to New York, there was a big story that a player got caught with a gun in a nightclub on the Friday night yeah. with three other teammates. That was a guy who won the Super Bowl for was them, it, wasn't was it? Was it Plaxico Yes, Plaxico Barris. Yeah. Yeah. And he shot his foot. <laughs> he shot his own foot. So he had, he, had a, he had a gun in the nightclub on the Friday night with three other teammates. And there was a bit of... I shouldn't lie. It was a big story because yeah. the outcry about him having a gun. But... There was no outcry no, about the, him. The gun went off. Yeah. And it shot his own foot off. There was no outcry about him being there or his teammates 36 hours before. In fact, they some of them played still on the Sunday. <laughs> they weren't even stood down or, you know, they were in a not, Washington nightclub at 3 a.m. with a gun 36 hours out from the game. And that wasn't deemed to be unacceptable um, <laughs> attendance. Like it was unacceptable, the gun and the gun going off. But it was like... You know, if you're going to go to nightclubs, be a bit more careful. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, um, I was just uh, put put the safety yeah, latch on the gun. Brand new yeah. to the states, living in the in the Upper West Side at the time, thinking, this is, what, a, what a world this is. Yeah. So it's it's very very different culturally. In our sport, I think inevitably, if you have uh, A grade talent and A grade character, and let's put Travis Kelsey in that, so the equivalent of that in the AFL. Um, Survives at their club and Dustin Martin, Dustin and, Martin, and they work around it. If you have 
perhaps B or B plus or A minus talent. Jack Ginnivan. Jack Ginnivan's where I'm going. Yep. You're going to end up playing for three clubs <laughs> because the clubs just don't want to have nah. to to deal with the babysitting of the identity when they can trade that opportunity out to someone else. Who but could. there's also, well, part of what you're saying there is a control component, isn't it? The, the, yeah. we, we are a control industry. We, we need well, to control everything. So I think at the end of the day, Collingwood went something like, well, Jack Ginnivan is a, a 30 or 31 or 32 or 33 draft pick. If he's in this draft, he's probably high, mid-20s, high-20s. We can either A, keep him, or B, maximise that value out and get the next non-time demanding. And don't 30, have to babysit. Don't have to babysit. And, yep. uh, and unfortunately, I reckon you're going to be on the bus the whole time. I hope he has a lot. I hope he plays. A, I hope Jack plays Hawthorn for fifteen years. Leave him aside for a sec. That type of figure who has overt personality comes in the game, or either have it stuffed stuffed out of them, mm. or they'll be on the bus every three years for another club, which I think is just a shame, right? And it's it's cultural in our country. Hard, yeah, hard to fix. Hard to just what we're, again we're bouncing around topics here, left, right, and centre. While we're talking about Collingwood, I, another one I wanted to talk to today. Yes. Put a statement out last week. Again, I don't care for the story because you know my views on this, but denying being linked to a video which was doing the rounds, I don't get the club itself denying something that's not factually correct that others maybe in well, were in social media saying was linked. What's the point of that, Hachi? Collingwood officials deny video false accusations against Collingwood players. Collingwood CEO Craig Kelly has this afternoon issued the following statement. We're aware of a video circulating alleging a Collingwood player and their partner and other former player has been linked. The club wishes to address the matter to make clear both these allegations are completely untrue and the video being circulated does not involve any current or former Collingwood players or their partners. So I am with you. I don't think denial uh, press releases serve any purpose None. other than to drive digital consumption of that story because that's just a free kick for a a paper. Well, you then get the right to then report it and put it... For the first time, that story was in the mainstream media yep. on the back of that denial. When you're the subject of those things, I'm sure it feels yeah. big in your mind. And, and that's the difference, isn't and it? And you've probably got you know pressure, players saying, you need to clear this up, and the agents going, what are you going to do about it? And you're kind of... But ultimately, I think, and it's not a, this is not a perfect response, because you can easily argue the counter-argument to it. You're, at that point, it's really only quarantined to a... A, an insular circle of... You don't realise how small the circle it's is. It's a small circle you than you realise. You think it's the whole world. feels like the whole world's asking yeah. about it. And and that and to your point, and we've yep. discussed this before too, if it is you, only you can relate to that moment. Yep. Yeah. And then you put the denial statement out. But then, then the world's in on it. And and, that, oh, what are you talking about? Yep. Oh, haven't you seen it yet? No. Can you send it to me? Yeah. yeah. So th- then it gets... And again, it's illegal to distribute, as we know, but that then takes on a life of its own. Well, that story is clearly... And totally untrue. A normal, everyday person would not have fallen into the possibility of it being true anyway. And he just by putting it out, it just draws attention to something that was untrue in the first place. Yeah. So that's yeah, that would be my view. But it's again not a perfect science. A couple of other AFL matters. Oh, just yeah, I had a couple of AFL matters myself. Here you go. Oh, we'll, we will talk about the the drugs issues. So one relating to the illicit drugs policy, as in the the, the sports performance enhancing policy under Sports Integrity Australia, your favourite group, formerly yep. ASADA. And the other one relating to the illicit drugs policy of the AFL, and we may as well work backwards. So the illicit drugs policy of the AFL, one refers to Elijah Hollands, but it's only the illicit drugs policy because it's now public in that there is a possession charge which Elijah can defend himself, and I'm always big on 
There's always context. There's always a second side of the story. Let, let Elijah deal with that matter through the Queensland uh, court system. But it's now an IDP issue because it's public. Um, as we know, What's there's IDP stand for? illicit drugs policy. Right. And the AFL, as we know, will never ever seek to publicly link those infringements with, with those matters. So, with that, though, Hutchie, that player, Elijah Hollands, was traded from Gold Coast Suns to Carlton, and there was knowledge by the Gold Coast Suns of the issue at hand in the Queensland court. Equally, and to the Gold Coast Suns' credit, Carlton was aware before they made the transaction and chose to bring him in. My point is, the moment both clubs knew, and the moment they were on the same page with it, make it public then. Make it public before the trade system, because then it doesn't become a bigger story as it now is after the trade. Uh, I have a different view to that. I thought... The, the stage management of the media side of that was superb. So each party had knowledge. They had to trade and act on that basis. Carlton had to make a decision with their board. Yeah. They've been pretty conservative, that board. Don't forget, it wasn't long ago they were ruling out Ross No, Lyon. Ross Lyon. Yep. yep. To say, okay, we're still going to take him. We think this will blow over or it's minor on the minor end or whatever their view was, I don't know. And let's think about how we sell this. Because both... After the But they only admitted to it and only put their statements out on the back of the Herald Sun reporting about it. They yeah. didn't control the timing. Yeah, so do you think that's okay, so I'll, I'll take you on face value now because you're really close to this and I'm I'm not. I know the Herald Sun broke the story. The Herald Sun broke the story, yeah. Yep. But did they break the story like work- well, I think they broke the story on the old fashioned way, seeing a court document. Yep. Or at least being referred yep. to a, a court hearing document. That that's that was my take because, on reading it. Um okay, well then then the and I think it was Stephen Drill. I think yeah, it was Stephen. Oh, well, it's a great yeah. yarn. If that's if that, I'd take you on face value, that happened, and, and it's a great story. Um, the statements came out after the story. They, they didn't come out my, before my, the story. Were they intending to duly release statements? Well, that's my point. That night. That's my point. Anyway, no, I, I, I would doubt that. I would doubt that. What do you think that was in response? And they I both would, got their heads together and said, "Yeah, I would think that was probably trying to yeah. somehow make the matter go okay, away, take it out of the court system, deal with it yeah. privately, and no one ever hears it." Which is fine, you, by the way. You're confident that Carlton knew, and that was. Well, they said they, they did. Well, they said they, they did. They said they did. Yeah. Is well, it possible they retrospectively? I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. I'm not even doubting the contents of that. No, I'm not. Again, I don't know. I haven't yeah. asked the question. It'd be a bad look for Carlton if they didn't It'd know. It'd be a really obviously. bad look if they didn't know. Yeah. yeah. A really bad look. So it would be in both of their interests to... It'd be a bad look yeah. for the AFL if it knew too and signed off on the transaction. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm happy to take it face value how it happened. Okay. But my point is the, the timing of it. I think once you know, and even if you're Carlton... This is going to be an issue for you if you do do it in trade period. The day it happened and it went down on the last day, didn't it? You say, okay, just by the way, by the way. Now, that would be a little skirmish on that night, but there's that much flying around on that night. It's due to appear in court. But once you volunteer it, as you know, stuff goes away, not instantly, but it goes away quicker. Now we're going to talk about this. There's going to be the court. Yeah. Whereas if we knew by way of the club volunteering it, it there's an edge taken out of it. You make a good argument. I walk back much of what I said based on that knowledge you had that I didn't. So there you go. So it was a reactive. um, I thought what I had thought was that they both just got together and decided this is how they're going to release it after the deadline, but not to. No. Yeah. No, no, here with some broke it, which they also did with the the Joel Smith one. That was Mark Robinson's story. Again, another good story. A good story. And that's under the performance enhancing situation, even even though it was a... uh, a recreational, and I hate using that and word because it's an illegal drug, cocaine, that's a, in question. And a SADA, well done. <laughs> Even a blind squirrel catches an acorn once in a while. Great effort, a SADA. And, bro- and a broken clock's twice, right twice a day. It's, it's, uh, in, the, in the modern era, they've, they've managed to catch one 
One player. Well, they haven't caught him yet. Let it, again, equally, let him have his say about it, although it's going to head down a certain path. I do have a view on that one too. If he is able to mitigate it, it's never done quickly with that body, as yep. we know. But if he is, and it does come down to as short as three months, surely some of that chunk of time has to be served in a matches missed perspective, not just a a time missed well, perspective, you, given we are now out of season and potentially three months, if it is three months, could be served before next game. We talk about the players level of level in the game and how they might get sanctioned or otherwise being being part of the message you can send right so I, I think you know if you if you are a mid-tier player let's call Joel at best a mid-tier player you you do get made an example of a bit harder than most so where I'm leading is this I think the AFL could easily come in over the top and say, we've worked with Melbourne and we've decided that a four-game sanctioning season is appropriate. As part of a as, three potential Yeah, Mel- Melbourne CEO Gary Pertz, he stands for X, Y, and Z and we won't tolerate it around here. And the AFL said they support the decision. They've worked collaboratively with Melbourne. And that might be, you know, if the start of su- summer, well, they, they take an extra holy ground and he's only missing four weeks, rounds one to four yeah. or rounds one to three. I, I think that sort of thing's on the table More palatable, here. yeah. yeah. And it's a chance to send a message. Now, if that player is Max Gorn, I don't think that's happening. So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah, you do get a bit harder pinned, I think, on the mid tier if in, yeah. in the optics of these things. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what does happen on this one. And one more on the Melbourne Footy Club. Oh, just on Joel Smith. So, the fact that Clayton Oliver was with him on the night of the of the well seizure, which is separate nights. Separate yeah, nights, yeah, to, but, to the Joel Smith round before round twenty three. I, I had heard that he was with Joel that night of the. Of so he went to hospital. Yep, yep, and the Joel was his next of kin or whatever he was in the hospital notes. Yep, um, that was sort of suggested around the place, but not reported until Joel's allegation. Yes, yes. Then it became in the public interest. That's an example, I think, of something that was not of the public interest until until. There's an accusation against Joel, which I think made it brought into sharper focus on the circumstances of the night. So I think the way that Robbo reported that was absolutely spot on. He did the story on Joel, and then the next day he said they were together on the night. Now, I don't think that was an unfair... If you've got a publicly accused cocaine user hanging out with a young player who's going through his challenges... I think it was fair reporting on that front. But I, I equally agree it wasn't in the public interest until that. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not going to argue the, what you've just said there about the context neither of which reporting. Says, neither, which no, neither of which says means anything. Means anything against either no, of their behaviour. It's just a mate looking after a mate, yeah. if, if you want to put that lens on it. Yep. But, yeah. But if someone's going through their own struggles, that just brings in, that makes, that, that's the threshold of public interest for me in, in for those who... Yeah, following and there's the a balance, and we've, we've yeah. both. Yeah, you agree with that, or do you I do, yeah. I do. And again, we both have published stories. Probably in hindsight, we may not have over the journey, and there's a different look at it years after. Yep. But yeah, I agree with what you've just said there. Melbourne Footy Club. So the coach two Fridays ago, at the best and fairest count, volunteers the word culture, and it's strong. And in fact, that's yep. that's what's helped us to be semi-successful. Premiership 2021. Straight sets, losses, 2022 and 2023. The captain on the weekend at a Movember ambassadorial role that he's got also volunteered the word culture. They, and I love both of them, particularly Maxie, but they've got different definitions of culture to what I think the rest of the footy industry does. They're volunteering this word as, as though it's a positive use. Yeah, I think, um, first of all, well done to all the TV news who worked out that Max Gorm was doing a Movember basketball event yesterday or whenever it was, and 
went went and used that opportunity for the PR payoff and got the grabs on Oliver, which led the news last night in sport. So I thought that was clever. I was an obvious journalism, but still still well worth doing. Yeah, I think that I think they have a culture issue, Melbourne, and their view of culture is different oh, to extreme. everybody else. And they're too they're just too social. That fundamentally they've coached down just too social. And I'm not saying like in America, it's actually no one's blinking an eye. We just talked about that at the start. But in Australia, it's very out of step with how the other clubs, I think, are. Yeah. Now, everyone, and when you're in that spot, you don't really recognise it about yourself, don't you think? Well, they clearly don't. Yeah. And to, to use the word as, a, as though it's a positive and it's a badge of honour that we have a good culture, look where it's got them. We don't need to wade through their, I think, questionable culture acts over the, over the period largely since they won the flag and, in 2021. And fundamentally, finals are a true audit, aren't they? And straight sits in two years in a row. Yeah, he's not he's not by accident. But but again, that's the missing. 5%. I don't want to be defensive of them because I'm critical of them losing those games. But they lost all four by a kick, effectively. Well, one of them was by seven yeah. points. that's that's the five percent though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But they have had mitigating circumstances I, with personnel availability. I, I, I entirely disagree with that. They've had the teams that have won in the last couple of years. Um, on into Stephen May's point, like. When there's a bounce of a ball, Hutchie, you know there's luck involved, and yeah, they've had luck the f- go against them in four matches. But, I, the five, I, 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 but that's my whole point. The five percent of finals is the audit. That's the secret sauce. That's the yeah. little things. That's the that's the the. the we, top. We're still talking bounce off ball. When, when it's a one kick result, I think over two and a half hours of action, it, it, it's. I'm a believer in it. All washes out in the end. Yeah, but I don't think you get bad luck four times in a row. No, but. If you want to talk about culture and behaviour, West Coast won a premiership with worse behaviour and culture than what we're witnessing now with Melbourne. They did, but could they have won three? Well, they won one and lost another by a kick, yeah. by a bounce off ball. There you so, go. Yeah. They had a, well, once in a lifetime talent talent bank. So yeah, that's well, yeah. and equally Melbourne might have two. Well, they'll never have a better situation than the list of players they've got. They're, they're lacking it, in one part of the ground, that being the forward line right now with injury. But the greats of that footy club, Max Gorn being the head of it. Leighton Oliver, the second one, Christian Petrarca, Stephen and, May. And Har- Harrison Petty, who kicked five in a game during the year, then he kicked two in the next game. Looked like he's going to emerge. He did. And then got injured, missed the rest of the season. Maybe they win if he plays finals. All of a sudden, that's part of Adelaide's pitch, right? Come home. Your mates are here. Are you sure where you are? Is culturally aligned to where you want to go as a young... They got into his head. The fact oh. he's got a contract yeah, remaining so... for 2024 was the only reason that deal didn't happen. So he goes into this year as being the key piece of what they need, probably, or one of the key pieces. And in, in two minds, because in part that culture narrative is eating away. Like, it's just the little things, I reckon, that add up. Mm. It, it really is. Hey, just lightening it up a little bit. Just, Our mate, Brad Blanks. Oh, before, before we get to Brad. I want to get the Blanksy. Just last one on footy, and then we'll get to Brad. Um, we talk about journalistic bias a little bit over the journey, mm-hmm. and what I would call the good blokes discount. Now, that's... Not meant to sound blokey because um, the discount applies to men and women, but it more often is men applying it to men, I feel. So uh, I say that with, you know, subjects get favourable coverage because of how likeable they are, relatable or available to journalists. And I think we just saw a great example of that with Adrian Dodoro in the trade period. <laughs> oh, don't. So uh, the, the love and the... Backslapping that went on. Well, self-backslapping. In the last 36 hours. Ars, Ars included on Trade Radio. 
us included, <laughs> us, us very much a part of it. So everybody was like, you're going to be missed. And yeah, it's been great. What a great <laughs> No, hang love, on, we, not everybody has. We love you. And not you, everybody. Yeah, we love you. And it's not going to be the same without you. And oh, like, oh, well, you never know. I won't be too far away. It wouldn't be the same without me, would it? it like, <laughs> because, and I say this as a compliment. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Take because, that tongue out of your cheek. Because Adrian is so. What? Abrasive? Liked in football. Liked? No, he's not. Me- media let's like not, let's... Media like him. I'm talking about media. Oh, media like him. Well, I don't. Media like him, and he's and he's and in, I'm not on my own. And he has endeavoured to control that narrative a little bit over a long period of time. Yeah, but fundamentally, we were saying goodbye to someone who had been there 23 years and not delivered a lot in terms of finals <laughs> returns. Not delivered a lot. Um, the team hadn't won, hasn't I, won a final since 2004. So was was I think the love was a bit over the top. Was my point, and but I I think it didn't ju- come from everyone. Name names, name names. Well, no, because we were very much among it. But the journalist, no, 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 we weren't. There is a journalistic bias of yeah. Who, who are you referring this to? Though? Well, I think every, like I saw, so, like set up for, you know. Or say it. There were stories of set up for a decade of success now and uh, oh. all, all this sort of stuff. Like, What, by bringing in a 36-year-old? He, Todd Goldstein. I, I think he'll emerge at another club at some point, And that's what I've been saying for Do you? 10 years. And he'll play a very important role wherever he lands. But it wasn't exactly, it, it didn't actually need a lap of honour, did it? At the end, like the, like we all, because <laughs> the media have been so... He's been so accessible to the media along the way. I think the journalistic bias kicked in. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're actually referring to. You disagree with me. I don't think there was a lot. There was an article in the Herald I Sun. Saw, I saw you on the last hour of Trade Radio. Given well, the on the last day, well, we had him on. You're going to be missed, and we no, no, no. I never said. I never said. I said, are you nostalgic now? And he shot that down. Yep. That that was my question. You look nostalgic. Oh, what? That's you. Three hours of radio to kill, and TV to kill. I reckon when the we do as we're not very objective as journalists, are we? Don't you think? No, no, we're not. We no. do, and and that's a compliment to him because he's so. Um, Jeez, you've done, you've really gone to cover up on this, haven't you? No, I'm not here to. You got um, the caveats on what you said. I think if you looked at Essendon's performance over the last ten or twenty years, it hasn't been good enough. Twenty. So the, twenty. Whether that was recruiting, development, they haven't won a final. Whether that's recruiting, development, or coaching, you can all, have, all three. You can have your own view of that. I've, I've made mine pretty clear along the journey, but what I, it was a very indulgent farewell. <laughs> well, who else in, gets a farewell like that in footy from a role? It was Derek, indulgent yeah. to the point that he, this deal that was going to go down for a month before it started, Brandon Zerk Thatcher goes to Port yep. Adelaide. It lasted until the last 43 seconds yep. of the entire period because yep. of the person yep. involved in executing it through the signature on the document, yep. Adrian Dodoro. Yep. Yeah, self-indulgent. Equally self-indulgent was our mate Brad Blanks yesterday. Now, I was flicking around. I finally get weekends back, and I'm flicking around yesterday between the baseball playoffs yep. and the college football. You would have loved it. And I also uh, checked in because I know Blanks, he's on uh, the Sunday show, the Sunday sports show, yep. Sports Sunday on Channel 9. Good good interview. Really good interview with Ben Simmons. In Exclusive. Fact, it was it was as relaxed. In fact, I liked Ben Simmons yep. after it. I didn't think that yep. was possible to do. He got answers out of him. He got a commitment to play at the Olympics. He looked relaxed, looked, looked of calm. Him. It was a fantastic interview, but I'm not talking about it today for that reason. Frame, ta- frame me in. <laughs> frame me in, he said to the cameraman or camera person. And it was as much about yep. Blanksy in that frame in with the, was... the backdrop of the Hudson River, I think it was. He's New York-based, um, great friend of ours and a much-loved figure in the States, one of Australia's best ever exports, as we talked about in media. But he, a he was framed into an inch of his life. He yep. listens to this podcast, by the way. So <laughs> that's why we're raising it. B he's a hard figure to frame in. 
You need to have, like, he's a bit like myself. You need the the wide lens to frame him in because the cameraman would be going, I can't fit the two of you. No, you can. You fit it. Just take it from a wider shot. So, like, he's got the head like a melon. So he's like, like me. So he's been framed in. And it would, was, well, when now when it gets rerun. Yep. He's, he's in the shot. He's 50% of the shot. And it will get rerun. This oh, will yeah. get picked up regularly because he world. doesn't make himself that available. And that was the other aspect of it. In all yep. seriousness, it was a good interview. And I, I, as I said, I now am hoping Ben Simmons can well, make a miraculous recovery to, was, to the elite would, of the sport. I would argue he got out of Ben what Basketball Australia hasn't even been able to get out of no. him, which is definitive I'm playing with these players. And want to play. It, it, yep. it seemed genuine that he actually yep. realised – the missed opportunities that no, he's, he's uh, failed himself with by not making himself available. And the timing was good for Ben. He started the preseason really well. Looks a different player on the what last off. Is he was. back playing Aussie? Looks a different player. Yeah. Proof will be proof of the pudding will be in the eating, which he's is so well scene. spoken, isn't he? And well, when he when he wants to be engaged. And I know Brad's had a long time relationship with his brother because he introduced me to his brother. His brother was actually in Australia during Grand Final week. I just missed him. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. So they, um, well done to Brad and expert. And <laughs> I, I think now he's on. Like it, framing's been part of his digital stick. If you go to his socials, some of the biggest celebrity interviews he's <laughs> yeah, done. He does, he? Yeah. I think he now like he's in Danny Wilder territory here. If he could actually make a run at the the, the twenty twenty four Framer of the Year. And what I did notice also too was that you know in the US media when they've when Zoom became part of our lives yep. in twenty twenty with COVID and. You needed a backdrop. You couldn't just have a white wall or even a painting. You've got to have yep. these bubble, sporting bobbleheads and books. You need sporting books yep. and bobbleheads and sporting memorabilia. He's got a good backdrop. He's got that New York style of backdrop. Bookcase, bit of yes. NFL, bit of basketball. There was a bit of a – there's a, even a, I saw a Toyota AFL ball there as well. Yep. He's got a he's – got it's a good backdrop. You know what's funny about that? I actually thought that was a – um, manufactured one of those Zoom backdrops. You know? No, it was too clear for it to be but manufactured. I went to his home in Amagansett in the Hamptons. Yes. And I saw the said backdrop. Right. With my own eyes. So that's a real room in a real house. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, the other thing that Brad is one of, and there's an emerging, uh, this has been on my mind for a while, the entertainment types. When you interview someone on Zoom or Teams now, and say you're, I don't know, once upon a time, say... I'll use a bad example. Say Jennifer Aniston was doing the media rounds on the Morning Wars, right? Just use one person. Bad show, but yep. Um, Unwatchable, that show. They would do 10, 15-minute interviews, right, with per journalist. You ask your seven or eight questions, and then you get chipped off to the next person walks in. Now, a lot of those now are on Teams or on Zoom. So what a lot of people are doing, journos, in order to build their own profiles on the back of the subject, <laughs> is there is there they can now edit them themselves. Right. So they cut the, the, the celebrities yeah. short. And they use the cutaway back to them of laughing or saying another question. Or, Even though you're a part of a group yeah, situation. Well, they do the Mark Stevens when you've got the name included. They make sure that grab gets in. Well, as I was saying to you, Brad, and that goes in. So there's... Oh, we, we should what, put a watch on this. When that cuts up on TikTok or on yeah. uh, digital video, the 90 seconds, you can might get 50% share of screen now All right. on the celebrity. So there's, it's as though you having a, a personal chat. There's an emerging... Uh, and I'll, I'll start naming them as we go. I'm going to pay attention to this yeah. practice now. Just a couple of random ones. Uh, my man, our man, Basil Zemplis, last report. I did check the results last night. Seems to be well-placed to retain the, the mayor. Perth yeah. mayor role. I think he Went will. to election. Been very good. And I, I think that would be a, a great outcome for the city. Yep. Looks like it's heading that way, does it? Well, that's what it was looking last night when I did check just to see if yep. the, the early numbers were tracking the same. So yep. I believe they, they still are. Hachi, a couple of issues... That's, there's a future move there, isn't there? Do you think down the road? Well, I floated this and you shot me down. 
I floated. I floated party, the, the, yeah, the take, premier of the state. He'll wait till the, the, the things adjust a little bit. But yeah, you think so? Down, down the track, there's one there. Yep. Couple of issues, Hachi, and I'm going to refer them straight to you because it's not my uh, my code. A league. So the scheduling of the game yep. in Sydney, which was a big story about this time last year or thereabouts, when it was contracted on the back of a big number attached to it to play the game in Sydney. So that's now been relinquished in the past week, and equally, it's been replaced by an United round which is the gather-round equivalent for the A-League. It'll be in January. So the A-League's copying the AFL, which copied the NRL. With Yeah, I think yep. that's fair. Okay. Yep, and basketball probably did it even earlier than that, did they? All of them, maybe? Some I don't ago. think it's an I mean, it's not an original, original idea, but the NRL did it best earliest and everyone was cynical and now it's been a proven model. Okay, so there's that aspect of it, but it was more the other part of a, of a release I saw during the week. So is there joint CEOs? Yep. You can't have joint CEOs. I'm sorry. You, you, you cannot what? have joint – you can have an organisation, particularly the body which represents and overlooks and oversees the entire competition. You cannot have two bosses. Why do you feel that? Because you need to have one person controlling the way the imagery and the pathway of the of the sport needs to go. Yep. I'm, I'm big on that. I'm big on that. Well, I think the timing's probably part of the factoring, right? I, I would guess that Danny Townsend, the CEO, who – uh, ironically, um, completed this deal with the New South Wales government and now has gone to take a role in the Middle East. Danny's an excellent executive, by the way. I think he's... Um, I know that there'll be those in football that will say he did an amazing job and there'll be those that will you know, double second-guess some things. I think, personally, he's an outstanding exec and will have a... Um, and has got a lot to offer around the world and was a big sports exec in New York where I first met him. I think he's he's excellent what he does. Um I suspect because it's in season, they didn't want to upset anyone and they need probably some time. So Nick, who was the commissioner, I think, of the league, Nick Garcia and James Rustin, who has is, is built a, um, his own uh, his, uh, CEO of Keep Up, their digital platform. That makes sense for the next six, 12 months. Is that the case forever? Probably I'd lean your way to say one would be preferred. But I think for the sake of harmony, harmony demo, that's probably fair and reasonable. On the A-League deal, I actually think that's really clever. So... There was a lot. Of, they did the grand final deal for good money, which they needed to do. We talked about this at the time. Private equity demo is in the sport, so they have to act commercially. Silver Lake is in the room, and they have emotion. They can't make emotional decisions, but clearly there was an emotional reaction to the grand final being in one place. And so, what I think Danny has done here is gone. Okay, let me go and see if I can make this deal better. And that's something that many execs, I would assume, forget or don't try and do we've got an existing deal and on our worst day we can revert to the deal we got is there a better conversation to be had which suits all parties that's how i think i would have approached it to the government look we love the grand final here are the results here's the activity we drove uh, let's address the elephant in the room there was a bit of angst about us coming here but these things are amazing and here's mm. the results and here's the metrics and here's the things we delivered for the state collectively new south wales government and us we've got two options we can stay with this deal and we will and we're happy to and we love it yep and we're going to have to put up with a bit of this fan disruption for two years. Or, for the same money, we could bring 10 teams in rather than two. And here's how we would do it. And here's a proposal to enhance it. And we would bring all the teams in via the United round. We think January would be great for you for tourism. We've identified these areas of your business. And here they are side by side on the wall to say, we're in regardless, but here's a better deal. And it's the same money. And if you're the New South Wales government, you go, okay, well, we understand you've got an unforeseen consequence of this. 
you've come to us with a proposal that brings more uh, hotel beds and drives more tourism. It gets the fans happier about us rather than unhappy, and it's the same money. Okay, we'll do that deal. So I think that's hmm. that's for all the the hard time they get. That's a smart move, right? They've yeah. just taken an, ex- an incumbency position, and you can't go and have that chat if you don't have the incumbency position because you've got nothing to yeah to trade against. You got the power or the collateral. Yeah, and they had to be and understand what they would have said. We're going to we're we're cool with how it is. We'll stare the fans down yeah. if we have to. We know it's important. for And money's sport. coming into us regardless. And I think if I'm a Silver Lake on that board, who are, like, private equity are going, well. No point coming to the board meeting, guys, and saying everyone's unhappy. Well, we're in this for commercially rational reasons. Go and try and make that deal better. You know, mm. if you think there's a better way through it, go and pitch that. So I like that. Everyone kind of won out of that in the end. Yeah. Let's head to question of the week, Archie. On the Sounding Board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Josh Barnstable on email. With the news of an unidentified Victorian club player from the finals testing positive to an illicit substance broken by Mark Robinson, then Sam Edmund later revealing the identity to be Joel Smith, is it better as a journalist to have broken the original story but held back on the name or to cover or to come in over the top and name the player? Will the general public remember Robbo for breaking the story or Sam for revealing the name? It's a really in question, but it's one that actually does dominate a lot of uh, internal critiquing, doesn't it, Hutchie? It's a great question, Josh. Well done. And, well, I didn't even know that Sam had I didn't either. come in after until yeah. I read that question. So we remember Robbo for breaking the story. I, I do in that regard. Yeah, and I didn't realise the order of it. And having been the, um, what's the right word? Having been in that spot myself where I made a mistake, famously on the St Kilda situation, the biggest error I ever made, I don't want to back over it, Again, in detail, we've done that many times in the series. That was series one, episode, yep. I think, two or three, I think. Yep. But if I had merely named the club and two of its players, rather than actually named one of the two players incorrectly, I would not have had hmm. caused the angst to the individual or my own career. And someone else would have come along and named them that day, probably anyway. Um, now, the, the, the downside is you do cast doubt on everybody when you don't name somebody. So that's the counter-argument to it. And I don't think it's a perfect science. We've talked about this in the past. Yep. But yeah, in the end, Robbo's interests were served by someone else naming them later in the day because it's just it, it only enhanced his story. Hmm. And Josh, just the specifics of the of the policy itself, I remember when, when that Sam Murray one from Collingwood was going down, there, there were issues in how you report it and, and, and which... Um, outlets are able to report it because of the requirements under the legislation and the AFL's involvement in all of that. So I don't know what the background to it was, but I think uh, Hutchie's view is is the way I would view it too. I, I, I wasn't aware of that timeline you have outlined there, but yeah, Robbo absolutely broke it. And I think that's where the, the focus would go on that particular story. That was our question of the week for Drinkwise. And that was our episode 39 of Series 8 for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.